What's up, guys? Welcome to Fitter Food Radio. This is episode 157. And it's me, Matt Whitmore, of course, with Keris Marsden. Hey! <laughs> I like that welcome. Did you? Like? Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I should respond in a similar way. Yeah, you got to think of that. Hey, it's us. <laughs> I think more like kids TV presenters than we do podcasters. I could do that, I think. Be a kids TV presenter. Who was your favourite? Can you remember? Gosh, I can't remember. We would now. be different generations, wouldn't we? Uh, maybe ever so slightly. I'm trying to think now. Gosh, can't think of any. Why? Can you think of one? Well, you might jog my memory. Andy Peters. Oh, yeah, Andy Peters. Good old Andy Definitely. Peters, yeah. Yeah. Andy Crane, actually, as well. Do you remember Andy Crane? No. He's, I can't feel his broom cupboard. I used to like. Various different Blue Peter presenters. John Craven's News Round, remember that? News Round. To get kids into the news. Was that, that was, was that, on... That was always on... C, Children's BBC. Yeah, BBC, yeah. And it was always like just before... Neighbours. Wasn't it? Yeah, it was just before Neighbours, yeah. yeah, yeah. The last Because it was the last thing shown, wasn't it? I reckon that's what they did on purpose, to try and get kids to get a little bit engaged with current affairs when all we just wanted to do was watch Neighbours. That's hilarious. <laughs> Anywho, we're not we're not doing. You, uh, cannot, you can't remember yours. No, I can't actually. Can it's really annoying. Ant and Deck when they did uh, the Cat Dealy. Oh, I see. So it's, it's all coming back to me now. Actually, yeah. And yeah. Ant and Deck were good. Yeah. What was that? C S was that it? something like S B T V or something? I can't Saturday. Remember, yeah, it was a Saturday morning show. I can't remember yeah. what it was. But yeah, that was good. Live and kicking, wasn't it? Live and kicking was good. Yeah, Gordon the Gopher was one of my favourites. <laughs> It's mad, isn't it? I can't remember it. I remember so many random things and I can't remember that. Well, do you know what? At the moment, somebody sent around, um, it was on an 80s, on Facebook, I like to follow all these children of the 80s pages and stuff. And they just do things every now and then about, do you remember these? And there's so many things that you'd forgotten. Yeah. And I said to you, oh my God, do you remember slush puppies came up? Yeah. And I remember like absolutely begging my parents for a slush puppy machine. And they were like, no, you're not having one. It'd be really messy. And they conned me because then I got to my grandma's house on Christmas Day. And Santa had left one there for me. Yeah, it wasn't a slash puppy machine, though, was it? Was? Oh, no, sorry, Mr. Frosty machine. Yeah, that was it, sorry, say. yeah, sorry. That would have been epic if no. you had a proper <laughs> slash puppy machine. <laughs> yeah. My God. That would have been out on the street. Be lethal as well. Yeah. Yeah. A little stall on the street. Yeah. <laughs> Making some money. But, yeah, I remember. And it was it was not, it was like a poor man's slush puppy because you had to try and crush the ice and you never did a good job of it. So you had this really, like, chunky ice drink that after about two sessions you got really bored of and you never used it again. But that was on one of these. I was uh, say, the, the novelty soon wears off, right? Because then, when you've got to like clean them and actually maintain them somewhat and set them up and put them away, it's just but, not the same yeah. as just buying a. But what was good with slush, slush puppy? It was like you had two choices, didn't you? It was like red or blue on a slush puppy. I can't even remember. Do you remember? That. It was used to be in the machine. You used to have the blue section and the red section. It's so random what we retain, isn't it? And then yeah. Both of us said when we were thinking of slush puppies, we are like, swimming. We so say we're coming out the swim bath starving. Yeah. And then you'd be really hot in the changing rooms, wouldn't you? And then you'd yeah. be like, come out and slush puppy. Standard cool burger, burger chips and a slush puppy. And then brain freeze. Yeah. Also, yeah, you never, never, never learn. Never, no. never, <laughs> never learn to slow down a little bit. <laughs> they're like clutching your forehead like oh <laughs> brain freeze you still get that every Friday night when you open up the ice cream I know every Friday night <laughs> look at you trying to out me as this like that's, that's true actually it's not been every Friday yeah, for a long time thank you very sorry. much indeed you're, on, you're a whiskey man now aren't you 
Like your um, I feel proper and grown up. Whiskey tipple. <laughs> but it's funny you're speaking. You're speaking about um, you know like the old kind of like children's presenters and slush puppies and all of that. And it is nice, isn't it, to have those kind of blasts from the past type thing and, and look back on. I suppose what we used to do as kids or what were popular when we were younger. But I was saying to you the other day, wasn't I, that I was almost I've been craving like nostalgia recently i think everyone has in lockdown yeah. so no one wants to look forward like, yeah no one wants to not that's look good, lockdown, that's a good but point after 2020 no one wants to look ahead <laughs> it's, it's so bad we just look backwards yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but they, you can really like I, I do this sometimes i'll get out all my old photos and you can really i've heard it referred to as like bathing in the comfort of memories mm. and you can sometimes just immerse course, yourself yeah. back and you can feel the feelings that you felt back then just looking at photos and mm. and like it's great if you're doing it with family who are there or siblings or friends and you go remember when we did this you know and I often do it with like one of my oldest friends on facetime or whatever was like god do you remember that that was so funny and how old is your oldest friend 92 what five no it's, it's just, oh shut up <laughs> Oldest friend. Shut up. <laughs> I just got what you meant. I was like, what? I was like, the same age as me. What are you talking about? <laughs> she is old. <laughs> my oldest friend. <laughs> yeah, 104. It's probably your nan. <clears throat> probably my oldest friend. Oh, it's my nan, your friend. Yeah. Oh, bless. So what's she, 92? 92 in January. Is that right? She'll yeah. be 91 in January. 91 in January. Yeah, she just, she just turned 90, yeah. Yeah. Clinging on, she's doing well to be fair. She is. Basically, this is the topic of what we're going to talk about today, though, isn't it? Yeah. We're talking about having something to look forward to mm. and kind of what that means on a maybe like a biochemical level for our brain yeah. and the problems that we're kind of falling victim to at the moment is well, firstly, we've got nothing to look forward to in terms of we really don't know what the future holds. And we've had a lot of things that we would have looked forward to taken away. And that's for kind of an unseeable future. Like we don't know how long, mm. unforeseeable future, sorry. Yeah. So we don't know how long that will be. And so I think everyone's mental health is really suffering as a result of that. But actually, if you just look back to what we were talking about, Christmas and getting some toys as kids, one thing that our grandparents always talk about, and my parents talk about this with us, don't they, as well, is that they say, your generation never waits. You can't wait for anything. You have to have everything now. And it's like you want instant gratification all Mm. the time. You don't understand you know, we were the generation that saved lots of money if we wanted a house or a holiday. We yeah. didn't go into debt. We didn't spend what we didn't have. Um, we would finish everything in the cupboards before having to resort to buying new food. We didn't waste food. And and, and we, we saw yeah. this massive shift with consumerism, haven't we? I was say, we're that, just that, constantly gobbling that, everything that, up. That's not necessarily anyone's fault as no, such. No, no, it's all. just like it's if that's all you know yeah then it's all you know right and it's what you get we're given access to and i think yeah. it's important to understand that your brain's hardwired to want stuff and want it now yeah and the the problem that's happened is because we've got access to everything from food to entertainment like now with films and things is that we gobble it up we consume it so quickly that what we really get from that experience is you when you're anticipating the reward you get your dopamine surge, which we yeah. talked about before on the podcast, that feel good, like, oh my God, it's coming, it's coming, I really mm. like it. But then as soon as you've had it, that disappears. And then yeah. you're like, hmm, well, it's never as good as I thought it would be. You know, it's yeah. like a letdown feeling almost. But then you need, the more you do this, you need more extreme things to give you that same feeling of a high mm. because your your brain will naturally adapt to these kind of hits that it's getting. So this is how addiction works, essentially. Yeah. 
as well as being a mode of kind of escape and distraction. It's a way for our brains to kind of keep us motivated in some ways, yeah. but motivated for bigger, better things. Yeah. And I think what the, the problem is at the moment is everybody's going to be turning towards things like um, food and alcohol, yeah. maybe spending money, shopping online. Even I found myself for no reason at all, I'd, like literally not going anywhere, have no need for new clothes whatsoever. Definitely don't need any new gym gear at all. But the minute Gap leggings are on sale, I'm on there, scouring mm. through. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, well, there's a bargain. There's a bargain. Ooh, ooh, can't, we can't leave them there for that. <laughs> yeah, it could be like... And I know exactly what will happen when I get on there yeah. as well. They never have your size and they're about £70 reduced, which I would never buy leggings for that much money. But you find yourself caught up in that. And that's because, like you said, we're hardwired to do that. And then, of course, consumerism is just... I suppose just just taking advantage of that, and so we don't question whether we need anything. We're just on there already consuming it, buying yeah. it, you know, or looking for it. Even the looking, the hunting, is the bit that we actually love. Yeah. And then, like I said, you, you get the stuff, and you're God, like, do, do you know how many times I'm online, and I'm not really, as you know, I'm not really well. To be fair, the only thing I do tend to buy clothing-wise is gym kit. Yeah. I'm really, I've got the same jeans and t-shirts I've had for about the last fifteen years, <laughs> and I'm not even joking. I might occasionally update my t-shirts, but generally speaking, I'm, you know, I'm not really, a, I'm not a big clothes shopper in that respect, am I? No. But the amount of times, like I'll be on like Nike.com or whatever, and I just keep putting loads of stuff in my basket. <laughs> loads of stuff. I do that with H&M. And then like, I never buy it. <laughs> no, don't it's just great fun. I'm like, oh, look at all this stuff I'm not going to buy. <laughs> oh, I've got 800 quid's worth in my, in my basket. <laughs> Empty, <laughs> empty basket. Yeah, but it is. Weirdly, it is. that's what all I do. I do that, and then I see the total, and it makes me question: Do you need it? Do you want mm. it? Do you want to spend that much money? And then I go, No. But it was great fun looking for it all and putting it in yeah. the basket. And it like, is. There is just great virtual outfits. Yeah, it was a great fun. But <laughs> I don't. Yeah, and we do the same. I mean, we are looking at the moment to maybe move house but we're doing exactly the same thing using right yeah. move and every, every friend I've spoken to because we need more room for all the strong humans club hoodies we do and for doing live workouts basically yeah. so we don't end up putting a kettlebell through the wall like you did it's, it's funny we, we were I think we might have said this before um forgive me if I'm repeating myself but like like our kind of specs for when viewing a property aren't like the normal person's no. specifications you know what I mean it's like What's the lighting like in here for live workouts? Yeah, but you know what's going to be? We said we said it would be so different this time because sometimes lighting's deceptive, isn't it? Yeah. We're actually going to have to do a live when we're house hunting, which will be very bizarre. Yeah, so yeah, just give us a, <laughs> just give us half hour, guys. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> and then we'll have to ask the members to what's, vote. Like, what's the lighting like? Yeah. Is this good? Does this work? Can you do, like, we'll have to do loads yeah. of like snatches and Turkish kettles, yeah. like the full works to check that we could have yeah. it's like, spread out across <laughs> the lounge. We'll You'll like, be like, can I do overhead lifts? Yeah, oh yeah, is there enough clearance? <laughs> yeah, cool. <laughs> and then we'll have to jump up and down and then go and ask the neighbours if it was too noisy. Yeah, were we too loud? Could you hear us? Yeah. It's just soundproofing like. <laughs> but we, yeah, I mean, we do that. We We sit, we potentially may be moving, but even when we're not, we'll often be on there. Friends of mine do this as well. Oh yeah. One of my friends looks at like where we grew up and she's like, I'm always checking houses where we grew up. And I, I go, you're going to move back there? She's like, no, but I just thought I'd check out the but, house but price. The, the best one is it's like, I'm like, oh, Keris, look at this house. It's amazing. You're like, Matt, it's 750 grand. I'm like, yeah, I know we can't afford it, but <laughs> <laughs> look how amazing it is. It's it terrible. Is. You, you put in like dream criteria. I know. Six <laughs> bedrooms. No, I don't need six bedrooms. 
but you do. I just want a garage, man. A double garage, preferably. One for the car, one for the gym. You don't need to spend that much money to get a garage. But I that's know. Your well, criteria. good job. Good. We haven't got it. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose talking about looking forward. Yeah. You know, like I, I sometimes like to look at things that are almost a bit of a kind of like a bit of a vision, like putting it out there. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah, of, which I think yeah, is like nice. we can't get that now, but maybe one day we will. And you know, isn't that? It's quite a nice feeling yeah, sometimes you when screenshot you screenshot it, print it off, stick it on your vision board. Yeah. something to keep you motivated well actually this is a really interesting point about this situation right now what we wanted to do was kind of talk through some things that we could all be doing that just help us as we just said like look at our kind of mental health and rebalance it a little bit and I, this is interesting right I had um I have a, a diary it's like kind of like a diary but basically a to-do list book yeah not very good with you know some people are amazing at bullet journaling I've kind of mm-hmm. tried all the official ways to organize my week yeah but I think if there's one thing I'm going to admit to, I'm highly effective and highly disorganized in the process. Mm-hmm. So until I can afford a PA, <laughs> which I probably will never have because too much of a control freak, I wouldn't trust anyone yeah. with my own kind of responsibility, <laughs> but until I can afford that. So I just bought this book from Waterstones and it's called, it's like a, I got this. And yeah. on every page is kind of where you can do your to-do list. And then there's a quote that like inspires you. And honest to God, it's every time I've opened it, the quote has just been so relevant. It's just one of those freaky things where I've just needed to see it that day. And it's my my go-to little book where I'll just list everything from uh, buy so-and-so birthday present, water plants, like everything that's buzzing around my head. And I yeah. get it down on paper. Water plants. Yeah. <laughs> No. Yeah. I know. You, yeah well, listen, I've never written that down. That, that don't, I was going to say, <laughs> you ain't never watered a plant in your life. <laughs> Except when I notice it's dying, then I water it. You don't even then. No, I do occasionally. You're, and then I'll go curious. Like, I've been away for a couple of days. <laughs> what on earth has happened to that plant in the living room? And you're like, oh, yeah, I noticed that. Yeah, but. And then and I'm like, right. And, and you didn't do nothing about but it. But there are certain jobs that I just do all the time. Like, I, I love a clean and bathroom. And watering plants ain't one no, of them. No, it's not. I love a clean bathroom. So you do it's out of principle. It's not even that. I don't even know what it is. My mum and dad used to have about 70 houseplants. It's officially my job. When we were talking about this, this is very retro houseplants. There is a section in Homebase called retro houseplants. Really? It's all like spider plants and oh, money plants. And we both said, do you remember our bathrooms as kids being full of plants, weren't yeah, they? Yeah, I love that though. My mum and dad had a conservatory and there must have been about 50 plants in there. And then there was about 20 in the bathroom. It was like a jungle. That's, that's too much. It was. And even my mum, just to be clear, mom, we have two. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but we used to it's not dread my dad ringing up when he was at work going, is somebody watered the plants? And then everyone would like scarf her really quickly and go, oh, I've got to get out. I've got yeah. to do something. got to walk the dog. Because you're just boring, like going back and forth with the watering can, watering the plants. But anyway, when I'm at home and you're not here, I don't, maybe it's like a kind of, a, it's childhood trauma. <laughs> I don't know. I, just can't, I can't face it. Even when we had the tomato plants in the garden, you were so good. And I would go out there and I'd rather pull up all the weeds from the patio than go back and forth with the watering can. I don't know what it is. Just, I don't Strange. know. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, night- nightmares from childhood. <laughs> Where were we? You were on about your book and apparently uh, yeah. your to-do list is water So plants. anyway, anyway, <laughs> I feel this book has been, I love it. So I carry it everywhere and it just means it relaxes my head because I've got my kind of to-do list with me because I never forget this book. Yeah. Took it everywhere. But... It ran out, as in I ran out of pages. So I went back to Waterstones to buy another one. And I didn't want to get the same one because I have the same quotes in. There's a new book called Hope. Oh. And it says, in difficult times for humani- humanity, 
Basically, it's a series of quotes to keep you going. So my next book I've brought is Hope. Oh, that's nice. If they'd have faith there, I'd have brought faith. But it wasn't an option. Because faith is, I've heard Jim Carrey say this, faith is stronger than hope. Because hope is kind of wishing. Mm. But faith is believing. Believing. Oh, like it. Yeah. So I wish there was one called Faith. So if you do make these books, I'm going to write to the the uh, owners and say. Create your own. Maybe. And then find loads of faith-based. Yeah. Fifth-based. Faith-based quotes. Mm. <laughs> but, mm-hmm. but anyway, I can't remember what I was saying. Well, we were kind of talking about what can you do right now, and I think some of it is just every now and then having something to remind me that I think the situation that we're in right now is not a permanent situation. And a lot of books that I've read on a kind of fictional basis, I was reading one. And I kept talking to you about it. About it was based in the Second World War, and it's a family, and they kind of grow up on the coast of Brighton. But the little boy in the book got sent there during the war and the Blitz was sent to the countryside to live with a a random aunt, which did happen, you know, when the kids were kind of sent out from London. His mum actually died in the Blitz. So he was sent to live with a random aunt down on the coast. And you hear about their experiences in terms of he goes to bed at night dreaming about tea and having a hot drink because obviously in the Blitz they lost electricity and they're kind of down in the cellar at night listening to the the bombing on the coastline. And the whole of the beach is, is, is basically just barbed wire to stop, you know, kind of invasion. And, and they can't go on walks and things like that. And you listen to that, reading that book, sorry, and I, I thought, gosh, what that generation went through for us. Yeah. And and it wasn't just for a few months, it was for years that that was the case. And the resilience that they showed, and I know we can never compare, and we're going to do a podcast on this because we think comparison, again, just re- has really its ugly head <laughs> recently because everybody's just online and not really in contact yeah. with each other, are they? So again, we're kind of interpreting <clears throat> stories that uh, about people's life and and how it's going for everybody without knowing the, the true true picture. But it just c- occurred to me to read this bit of fiction that that we can get through this and it's not for long. And yeah. I think it, that nice reminder that it is transient and it's probably only going to be another few months, you know, a year at most that we're going to have a bit of a strange existence. But we're also building qualities and skills and and there's been some realisation that health is really important to us, yeah. you know, and nutrition is really important, exercise is really important. There's some really good things that we're going to pull out of this. There's also been some, you know, really difficult things to contemplate that I think hopefully there'll be a focus from the government and the health systems back towards, you know, for example, mental health and what does social isolation do to people? Because now yeah. we've seen it in its, its kind of most extreme form. So I think... Whilst we don't have much to look forward to and that might be affecting us, I think we can all adapt in this situation. We can definitely think about finding resources in our day-to-day, be it my little book on hope, you know, that's going to give me a quote Mm. each morning that just makes me think differently and more positively about the situation. Do do you ever have a day like, um, because you know when like, you know, you have certain people that are just very positive, bubbly people and most of the time they're really nice to be around. But then sometimes if you're in a particular frame of mind, you're a bit like piss off <laughs> yeah, yeah, <of> <laughs> with, with your super positive attitude yeah, yeah. do you ever have that with the book when it's like a really positive quote, quote and you're like whatever <laughs> no do you know what i don't that's weird you say that yeah because if it was a person that said it to me i'd probably talk back but with a quote i read it and I, it gets me thinking and also every quote is from somebody you might have heard of them or you might have not and i suddenly think about what they did mm. so like thomas edison's in there and you think about what he did but then pink is in there and you think oh i like pink she's quite inspirational yeah, yeah. and she's she's written some amazing songs but I know her story and she is she is someone who I kind of like you know think yeah I, I'm going to take a quote from Pink I take a quote from anybody a quote from you is, do, do, well, is very inspiring I've got a quote 
and this is probably one of my favourite quotes, um, and I've no doubt mentioned it before, but it's, you don't know how strong you are till being strong is, yeah. is the only choice you have. Yeah. And I think that's such a perfect quote for yeah, right okay. now because mm-hmm. I do think these are very, very testing times. But the reality is, is life is always testing to a degree. It just feels a little bit more testing at the moment with everything that's going on. And no, and no idea when it will change, I think. Is yeah, of course. We can't wrap our brains that, around that. Is that. that. It's that unknown. There's not like a, there's not a date being put on this of when it will be over with. You no. know, it is very much like, is it, is it weeks, months, years? Like, who knows? And, and I, I think th- you, sorry, go on. No, no, I was just saying, I think that's what gets most people, isn't it? And, you know, it's, it's just this kind of real, this open end of... Ah, like what? what's going to happen? Is it going to get better? Is it going to get worse? And I think you can't help, but I know my brain keeps going to kind of the students, for example. I think this must be a really difficult time. I actually had quite a hard time in my first year of university, so I can't imagine this situation happening. Yeah. And, you know... I, Why is a university student called a student and anything less is a, like a, called a pupil? I don't know. That's a very good point. It's just an observation. I have just no popped idea. into my head there. Totally irrelevant. Yeah. Carry on. Okay. Uh, but yeah, so, so sometimes I'll start thinking about them and how unfair it is for them when this should be this kind of time in their life when they're partying and clubbing and doing all the things, you know, those things. And then you think of like the elderly. I spoke to my gran yesterday and, you know, she said, oh, Christmas is just going to have to be like me and, and maybe just one of my aunts kind of spending some time with her. And, you know, it's just, it's sad. And, and mm. like, and it, you can't help but, your heart goes heavy. That's the best way I can explain it. But then equally, I try to flip those kind of thoughts and think about, okay, so so what can we do? Because we can still bring a lot of joy to the people that are not, you know, that are struggling. And I think communication is, is fundamental for that. So these things like phone calls, FaceTimes, chats, you know, walking outdoors together uh, where possible, yeah. these walking meetups, having more smaller intimate gatherings rather than thinking about I'm not a big party person anyway I always I, I always love I'd love more like a couple of people over for dinner that's my yeah, kind yeah. of favorite thing and so you know just having more of those or more of those out, outside where possible so just thinking of like workarounds and in lockdown we everyone was doing things like you know kind of postcards online to family and and that's all kind of yeah. fizzled out a little bit and, and for us as well you know we were all kind of making that extra effort when we thought you know gosh people are really going to be struggling whereas now we've got this weird no man's land that's kind of in between lockdown and but not fully back to to normal but we're not doing some of the things that really nurture us and the people that we care about we're not you know so in terms of for example if we talk about dopamine which we started the podcast talking about you know and this is why we're all reaching for more food more alcohol but equally if you look at something like tv for example there's just so much choice that we're just all over the shop, like me yeah. and you are the worst for this. If we don't commit to a film, <laughs> you know, we almost don't have the attention span because we're like, well, there might be something better to watch. So we start something. If it's a bit slow, oh, we're like, God, yeah, but so there's, frustrating. There's, there's something better to watch. There's something more. more. We, we, we end up like spending the evening trying to decide what we want to watch. Just, and then just watching trailers, <laughs> which is ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> but then trailers on Prime. We eventually find something and then we're like, well, it's a bit late now. We've got to a point. We, we won't start this because it's probably going late. to bed soon. We've got to a point, though, where some trailers are so good, they tell you the story, and I'm like, well, that was great. I kind of watched a film and speed time. It's like listening to yeah. a podcast, it's double a bit, speed. Bit annoying. It's sad, isn't it, really? Yeah. Because we should appreciate the, the kind of full thing. But 
I think if you're finding yourself doing those things, you have to think about almost the antithesis and really training our brains to to rely on... Say that word again. Shut up, antithesis, opposite, which is training your brain to rely on other chemicals that that make us feel good and calm and slow down a little bit because dopamine is quite... I always think of it like a speedy brain chemical because it's like, I want it now, I want it now, I want it, I want it. Okay, that wasn't what I wanted it to be. It's not as good. Something else, something else, something else. And it, it fires us up and it keeps us kind of buzzing around it's involved in things like attention as well so it means that we're never kind of concentrating properly we're always attention spreading multitasking really mashing our brains in the process and and it really affects our ability to do the kind of mindfulness-based stuff and yeah, you know, yeah. like be in the moment appreciate the moment enjoy the moment if we're not doing that then our brains are really going to suffer our mental health will really suffer and so some of the things that would help us would be, for example, volunteering or doing some good deeds, um, you know, writing letters to our families, taking photographs, sending them to family, these types of things. And then you'd get that phone call, you know, from whoever it might be, or you go and do your volunteer work, dropping off some food. Uh, if you're doing food banks, that was just an example. And then you get that nice interaction with somebody and it actually fills you with really good brain chemicals or, or like, you know, just your chemistry will change but there's no negative effect to that. Whereas yeah. obviously if you're only looking forward to gin and tonic on a Friday and you're building yourself up across the week, you can get through the week because it's gin and tonic on a Friday, which is a common pattern that we all fall into. You have the gin and tonic, drink it so fast, then you're like, well, it wasn't, I need more, I need more, I need like something else, you know, yeah. you have another one, you have another one. Of course you end up damaging your health with that. Yeah, yeah. It could be ice cream, it could be, you know, crisps, anything. If you're binging in itself, is kind of reward-based behavior. Yeah. So it's one of the things that differentiates binging from other disordered eating patterns is it's all about the risk of it, the, the kind of excitement, the drive, and then go for it and then overeat. And when you're doing it, very gradually, the kind of feeling kicks in of, I'm not really enjoying this. I don't want to be doing this. Now I feel awful. Now I feel horrendous. I'm going to keep eating food because I want to now drown out that emotion, yeah. if that makes sense. Well, it's like we, um, we had a bit of a... We did like a virtual spa day with our Fit365 members yesterday, didn't we? And yeah. We start start the day with a kind of a cuppa and a catch-up and we just talk about everything and anything, really. It's not like there's a particular subject, but we did get onto the topic of, like you just said, kind of seeking comfort and a bit of escapism from the things that are stressing you out or making you feel anxious and things like that. But when you do maybe drink a little bit too much or you eat a little bit too much of the things that you probably shouldn't be eating too much of, it's all well and good because it kind of makes you feel good very temporarily. But it's like we've always said, it it doesn't deal with the issue of why you felt that way in the first place. It's still going to be there afterwards. And like Keris just said, like that's then going to be coupled with this potentially this feeling of guilt, even self-loathing, if you will. And we, we've heard people use that expression many a time, haven't we? Yeah, yeah. Because they've just eaten too much, they've drank too much, and they then don't feel very good about themselves, even more, even less so than they did beforehand. And for us, like, you know, of course, this isn't an easy thing to do, you know, to just say, oh, well, you know, just stop doing that and deal with the root cause. Because if it was just as simple as identifying it, then there wouldn't be as, as much of an issue. But you, you need to step back at times and just say, like, why do I keep doing this to myself? Yeah. Why is food or booze or excess exercise or all three of those things, why is that my go-to whenever I feel stressed, anxious, worried, panicked, whatever it may be? You're kind of a, a 
God, I can't even say this. I don't know why I've chosen to say anesthetizing yourself, aren't you? Against negative emotions or even maybe pain. Mm. And it's, it's good that you mentioned that, like looking at the why is because if there's a lot of uncomfortableness in your environment, we're kind of talking about the bigger picture. And I think if you're generally a parent, someone who's quite emotionally sensitive, you're absorbing the energy of the people around you as well. So mm. maybe you're taking on their troubles family troubles, those, I just mentioned kind of your phone call to family and you're like, oh God, it must be awful, you're isolated. I think having an awareness of that and one thing that's quite important, if that's one of the factors into why you're feeling this way is like building, you know, barriers back is something I'm very, I, I really do struggle with. But I often build almost like physical barriers sometimes where I take myself off upstairs and I'll have like my salt lamp on in my bedroom and I'll have the curtains closed and I just shut myself off, have the window open actually, if it's, especially if it's raining, I love hearing the rain outside yeah. and I'll just take a book or if I can't focus on a book, a magazine, and I mean like stupid like housekeeping magazines, anything to turn, kind of focus my mind phone off and I just create this almost like a little bubble for myself to yeah. to kind of reboot, restore. I've done a bit of yoga nidra as well sometimes at night and we have a yoga therapist now in 365. She's been doing some sessions and I found they really helped me to kind of just almost like restore myself, like literally switch myself on and off again. That's the best way I can put it. I'm like, we. but the other side of it is if there's other emotions that you've got kind of swishing around your body that you're not dealing with. And I think one thing about this current situation is, the logistics of everyone's day has changed. So you might be at home with your partner, whereas you didn't used to be. And everyone knows how irritating it is often to just live with somebody when you've got completely different, you know, like us like watering the plants, like we just had a little <laughs> mini, you know, kind of back and forth about that. But we've worked from home together for quite a long time. Yeah. So we've kind of found our feet with it, but it, it is really difficult, isn't it? And yeah. I think we've spoken to friends where there's still quite an imbalance as well in between your roles and responsibilities and with some of my clients, I've started to say, I think you need a little bit of like <laughs> household meeting here because they've taken on maybe the burden of all the responsibility, the cooking, the cleaning. They can't sit in a messy house. It irritates them. But then what they're doing is kind of bubbling away, seething with the kind of lack of help and support or the fact that they're the constant nag of the household. And it's it's not fair, you know, if you've got kind of different principles and there has to be a little bit of a conversation around that. Otherwise it really affects your balance of, of, of chemicals. And I think what ends up happening is your serotonin just plummets, your oxytocin, which should make you want to bond and love everybody and hug, like goes, and you're just seething with anger. And, mm. and you know, and that's that's when the only thing that's going to make you feel good, you're probably going to chase endorphins through exercise if that's your thing, or dopamine, so you're going to go and spend some money or you're going to smoke a cigarette, eat food or, you know, drink alcohol so I think if you can have an awareness of that that is happening and then do this little assessment I mentioned to you I'm reading uh, it's on audible I've switched to audible because I was reading it but it's a little bit too I'm not very good at reading things for kind of educational purposes now because I want to read for leisure so like you I've rather read I like to read fiction and I've switched to listening to audible for things that are a bit more kind of educational this book's kind of educational but it's really about um kind of feminism and, and gender stereotyping. It's a book called Girls Will Be Girls. And I keep quoting it to you because she goes back through kind of ancient texts and talks about how women have been represented versus men. And then she kind of also talks about English literature and the bias, but then even looks at children's programs and like name a female superhero or a, a strong female figure in, in the cartoons that you watched. Can you remember them? And I know what you're going to say. There's probably two. Wonder Woman. Yeah. Superwoman. 
Supergirl. You can't even get the name right. Super, it was Superwoman. I thought Supergirl. Oh, God, I can get the name right. Now I'll name the men. <laughs> oh, yeah. And so yeah. the difference is kind of, it's so apparent. And she, she does all this analysis Storm. of it. <laughs> and and then she talks about really old texts like the famous five where there was one girl who was always rebelling and wanted to be like the boys but even the way that that's done is almost reinforcing that boys are stronger and yeah, the girl yeah. wants to be like a boy but never quite makes it and anyway so it's really interesting from that perspective but she just talks about the fact that as a child growing up she was watching her mum and dad and her dad was a breadwinner but her mum worked really long hours but didn't earn as much money but her mum still got up in the morning and ironed all the school uniform, did the washing, made their breakfast, lunches, got home, made all their dinners. And so she said, my mum's working day was like five until nine o'clock at night, whereas my dad was like nine till five. And then he came home, put his feet up, and then mum ran around after him. And that's quite a traditional, like, that's old school. Yeah, kind of old school, yeah. But then she said when her mum, when she was a teenager and her mum started to get really arsy and moody, she said, as a teenager, I started to be a bit more aware of this and thought, what's mum's problem? And then she thought, well, it's the fact that she has to do all this stuff for us and the house is a mess. And, you know, she comes home as they got to be teenagers, they got even messier as well and, you know, kind of more, I suppose, like antisocial. So she said she would come home from school and start to clean the house to help her mum. And she would ask her brothers who were on their computer games and they would basically tell her to sod off because they were imitating their dad's behaviour. They were like, yeah, "Yeah, but we sit here and we do this and and you do that. So she became the nag and then noticed how it affected her negatively. Like she got in a really bad mood with everybody because it's like, I can see why mum's in a bad mood. And I suppose the reason I'm just kind of mentioning that is, is, and it's not always male versus female, but you're definitely seeing now that we're all kind of in these closed environments, you're starting to see this kind of awareness of people... I suppose not having much respect for each other and yeah. and I know when we were first kind of I know I in lockdown had to take a few deep breaths and say like yeah but that's how Matt likes to do these things and that's yeah. like, we're quite equal and like, we're really I'm so lucky you you don't think it's my job to do anything and, and I don't really see it as your job to do anything you know no. I'm really what the plants <laughs> <laughs> um, but I don't think something's deemed male or female in fact if anything if, if the more kind of masculine it is the more i'm like give me that i want to do that well we've just kind of almost naturally like migrated if you will to kind of certain roles haven't we in terms of a certain job should i say and it's not a case of like, oh, those are your jobs these are mine but it just seems to have ended up that way yes you know what i mean yeah, there yeah. are certain things that i do most of the time there are certain things you do most of the time yeah. it's just because but also, it just happens neither of us likes to sit down if the other one's busy and and stressed and trying to get a load of stuff done I think that's something that we could probably all think a little bit more about just again from speaking to people in other households where they've said I'm the one that's doing the brunt of the shopping and the cleaning and the cooking it shouldn't (laughs) I don't think it should be I saw a post on social media the other day and um, whether it was from that person or whether they were sharing it but a woman had had an argument with her husband because he's been working from home since lockdown she was a stay-at-home uh mum and after a while she kind of like got a bit frustrated and said look like if you if you could lend me a bit of a hand that'd be great you know like doing this that and the other and his response was well normally I wouldn't be here and you and you do them <laughs> so why so, why, so, do you need my help? why do you need my help now you can probably imagine how that ended oh God. Um, did it end everything <laughs> no but like, th- that that was all the post was right. th- there was like this was the conversation that was had type thing oh, right. and I remember just thinking oh god like yeah 
uh, my, my thoughts go out to you. Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't know what happened after that. But I thought it's interesting that that was his response. And I suppose you could say, you know, to a certain extent, he's kind of got a point because he wouldn't ordinarily be there. But then equally, why isn't his thought process, well, now I am here, I could potentially lighten your load a little bit and help you out a little yeah. bit and make your life a little bit easier. Do you see what I mean? Like it works in so many ways. Do you know, um, what, do you know how else it works though? Because I've said to you, I quite like cleaning and I like jobs. I'm like, I am a dopamine junkie and that I get more of a, I suppose like a, a buzz from ticking stuff off, achieving yeah. stuff, be that on a work capacity. But sometimes I'll get on like cleaning and decorating and we've just recently decorated the house and I, I said to you, I'm absolutely buzzing. I'm loving this. Like I'm going to go right, I'm going to finish the lounge by 12 o'clock and then just go on a mission. And then I step back and I'll be like, this looks amazing. Yeah. I did this. And I never had so much kind of consistent energy. I think it helps that you're decorating so you're physical over rather yeah. than being stuck at a desk I mean but I remember yeah. thinking god my energy levels are totally different and I said to you we've got a friend who runs a business uh, building I was like I'm asking for a job I'm really good at this yeah. like yeah. <laughs> I'm just relentless do you want an apprentice yeah yeah I would like to do this for a living <laughs> but I think there's just elements to which well, can- never but I was about to say if you're if I'm a, I'm a busy person so I'm one of those kind of people who likes to be busy yeah. likes my exercising likes to do a lot of stuff so in a previous relationship I was in, we fell into natural roles because I wanted to do all the washing, the ironing. I liked going to the supermarket, nailing it all. I used to jog to the supermarket wow. and try and like walk it all back and stuff. And it became part of my day. But I think every now and then I got really caught up in it all and never questioned whether I was truly enjoying my life. Do you know what I mean? Or yeah, whether yeah. I was just rushing through my life and enjoying my little kind of buzz of like, yeah, I've ticked all this stuff off and then saving these tiny little windows for actual true relaxation but then noticing that a i couldn't relax and b i wanted to basically rip my partner's head off because he'd done <laughs> sod all that day and you know and i was a bit like now i want my f- i'd ask for a foot massage and he would refuse because he'd be like oh i'm really tired <laughs> i would just be like you what do you want to repeat that look what i've done and we both worked full time but that's how i like to spend my evenings and my weekends what i'm trying to say here is though at first i started that process by doing all those things yeah and and he happily fell into that kind of roll with me it was like yeah. you do everything and I just you know he did earn more money than me so not not that, that made that much of a difference but I think then to kind of defend him a little bit he was a bit shocked when I suddenly just switched and decided to rip his head off do you know what I mean because yeah. I was like why can't you do anything and he's like but you do everything <laughs> and it's like yeah. yeah but I want to come home sometimes and find that you've done everything you know and we had it's a completely different relationship to the one I have with you for a, a valid reason yeah but this is because we were actually and he called me the nag that was my nickname in the yeah. relationship especially when there were other people in the room he was like here's the nag and I remember my self-esteem started plummeting because I was like I'm not a nag. I'm not, I don't, I don't do this, but I don't understand why I've fallen into this role. But some of it was my fault and some of it was just the way that the relationship went. Well, I was going to say like for, for a lot of it, it kind of comes down to communication, doesn't it? And I think, I think it's quite common that, that people were kind of for a while, almost happy to do something, but then after a while, get a bit fed up of, of it. Yeah. Then all of a sudden they kind of like... Everyone's supposed to read your mind on that fact Yeah, (laughs) exactly. But, you know, so you can't blame people for kind of like getting quite crushy with how things are going. Yeah, yeah. It's like human nature, isn't it, really? But just to kind of like bring this all together a little bit, because we we said earlier on that we wanted to talk about, you know, the fact that a lot of people are saying that they don't have things to look forward to. 
um, because, you know, the, the the future is very kind of unknown and, and there is just a lot going on. And, you know, we're at the end of October. It's, I mean, it's practically November now. Christmas is just around the corner, which is normally a time for obviously seeing your friends, your families, you know, just we've always said this. We we struggle to switch off, yet we always manage to switch off at Christmas, don't we? There's yeah. just something about it. And we always down tools for at least a week, mostly two. And we're still doing a few bits and bobs, but it's probably the one time of year that we both almost mutually are on the same level, switch off and can really enjoy it. Because it's very rare that Keris and I are on the same level in terms of being switched off. One yeah. of us will be, the other one won't be. And as a result, you don't then feel as relaxed and, and bloody da. But we know that things are unknown. We know that things are a bit scary at the moment, but that doesn't mean that we can't do anything about it. It doesn't mean that we are completely helpless. And I know everybody's circumstance is different, you know, so please don't take that the wrong way. But, you know, we, we've had this conversation just like many of you, you know, what can we do to, so we get a little bit excited again, so we can look forward to things a little bit more. And, you know, something Keris mentioned earlier about us kind of doing the house up, because we decided, you know, and this is a conversation we've been having for a while that we want would would like to move, would like a slightly bigger property, you know, I'd like a garage, like all these little things that you kind of, I suppose you want as you grow up and, and all of that, things you never thought you wanted. Yeah. You know, we used to be really happy with our tiny little one bed flat in London and then we wanted a, a house and then you want a slightly bigger house. I suppose it's kind of like the natural. Also, I think lockdown taught, taught a lot of people if you're going to be in your house for a long period of time. And I think for us, it was more like, if we're going to run a business from our house, which is looking quite likely how do we make that more feasible and yeah. and i think what we realized was driving us mad is we hadn't decorated our house since we moved in because we literally have just been product after product or you know like working full-time teaching clients I and painted stuff one room. <laughs> so we painted one room and and then half of the hall which you can imagine how irritating just that awful. was to come home to every single day and i think we, we put up with it for a long period of time but but now, especially over this winter, we realised like your internal environment is going to be so important, mm. and that's why we've you know inspired by the Scandi. How do you say it? Heig, Haj, Haji, where they make their internal environment <laughs> like so that. lovely. And but interestingly, we've said for so long we haven't got time to do the painting, but it got to a point where it was so irritating. We it, we we did it, but let me finish, and. One thing that it did for us was gave us options. Because I think if you're contemplating your future, which a lot of people have probably done through lockdown, I think both of us thought, we started to feel a bit trapped, didn't we, physically and mentally, and trapped in an environment that was yeah. doing our spudding. And so we we kind of sat down and went, what can we do about this fact? Yeah. Like, realistically, what can we do? And you said, you know what, well, realistically, we could paint it in about two days. And then we could maybe sell it. That was a bit unrealistic. <laughs> <laughs> but we've we've got the bulk, bulk of it done. And yeah. now we're just chipping away at little bits and bobs here and there, which again, yeah, yeah. even that gives me this little surge of like, actually, I'm looking forward to doing that at the weekend because it's making my home environment nicer. Yeah. And we didn't do any of that in lockdown because we were kind of busy working. But setting aside a bit of time to make our place cosier and nicer was so much more important than I yeah. realised until, oh, yeah. until we actually did it. But and we, we both said, and we like, why the hell is it taking it? us so long? And But I think just going back to the kind of, now we have options of we could now sell it because it's in a state to sell it and or we can stay in a beautiful environment. Yeah. So we took control and I think with the next six months, do what you can to take control because if you're feeling trapped, that's another time that you're going to go, I feel so trapped. 
I'm going to have to have something like gin or ice cream because I can't deal with that emotion. It's yeah. a really hard emotion to take on board. It can make you feel physically, you know, you can even feel like panic attacks and everything as a result of being trapped. I've worked with people who are trapped in jobs they hate and it's the worst thing for the human body, I think, to experience. Yeah. So we did it and and as I said, we've, we felt such a big difference going, well, well, this is this is now our, our different future that we decided to... And we feel... And that's why I think... It, other- we feel excited. Yeah. You know, and it's like, don't get me wrong, it was, in, in my mind, you know, at the time, I was like, why the hell did we do this now? Because it was just in the, in the build-up to uh, launch two of the Strong Humans Club. So I was like, loads of stuff on, my, my head was just fried, but... Well, let's be honest here. We... We were supposed to be going away for a few days to the coast. Decided not to because there's some COVID stuff going on. And then I said, well, I've booked out the time, so I'm going to paint the house. You carry on with your work, yeah. doing your Strong Humans Club stuff. But you could not watch me, not from a kind of, well, you actually... No, 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 let me finish, let me finish. From a very gentleman's perspective, you were like, God, this is going to knacker at kind of painting the whole house. But then equally, <laughs> and your mum decided to volunteer and come down, and the two of you just saw me basically chucking paint around and were like, yeah, I think we're going to help. Kerish <laughs> like- just basically, we'd come into a room and rather than get a brush or a roller out, just throw a tin of paint up the wall. <laughs> <laughs> And hope for the best. Uh, no, can I just confirm? <laughs> I paint like I cook, and I think I was pretty fast. I was just like, mm. get loads of paint on the roller, slap it on the wall, and then roll it everywhere. But sometimes it went a bit wrong, and, and like, went on the floor. Big slops of paint on the carpet. But again, I was very quick. And in the end, I decided to get every towel and piece of bedding I could find mm. as a dust sheet and cover the whole house because that was quicker. But then I realised <laughs> we had no towels. There's no towels. You came out the shower now, naked. You we're were like, you've got... literally used every towel on the floor. Like, I was like, like they're, they're dead old. It's I'm fine. Like, I'm like, you haven't thought this through. And then your mum went to the shower and she was like, there's no towels. <laughs> but the, but the, the, the reason it was stressful is because going back to what Keris mentioned earlier, like I couldn't just sit there. And even though I was working, I couldn't sit there and let Keris paint the house. Just wasn't in, it's just not in me. I was like, I need to, I need to lend a hand here. And and, and obviously I did. Uh, we, we did it together and it, it worked in the end. But I remember just thinking the timing is not great. Like ideally this would have been next week. But that said, once it was done, it was like, whoa, it looks great. It looks really, really nice. And and like Kerry said, you know, yeah, of course, yeah, we would like a bigger house, we'd like a bigger garden, a garage, and all these things. And but that's like a little bit of a luxury, isn't it? You know, and you know, a lot of people want bigger houses and yeah. this, that, and the other. And and don't get me wrong, like if we sold the property, like we we could potentially have that, but these things take time. So we were like, right, you know, we can't necessarily move necessarily move straight away, but what can we do? So we've Although, wiped- but I have a little tip for people if they want to consider doing something like, you know, kind of transfer. I know a lot of people have been doing renovations in lockdown, haven't they? But inviting your mother-in-law down is probably not the best option, no. is it, I'd say? Mm-hmm. If, if your mother-in-law even insists on coming, I would politely refuse. Yeah, bless her. Because it's, it was like having a kind of Harry Enfield character. You don't want to do it yeah, like that. just critiquing your work <laughs> yeah. constantly. What are you doing that for? I didn't know my mom. Like I didn't, didn't know my mum was a painter and decorator expert. <laughs> yeah, professional. <laughs> Until last week. Just, but let, let me finish what I'm saying. Okay, you, sorry. You, you, I'm taking you off track. Um, like my, my point is, is like, we, we looked at the bigger picture, which was, you know, we'd like to sell, buy somewhere a little bit bigger, et cetera, et cetera. But 
whatever happens, that's months and months away, regardless of, of whether we get a buyer straight away. Anyone who's sold or bought a house knows these things take a while. So we wiped the place out. It now looks like a m- much nicer house. Why we didn't do it sooner, I don't know. It didn't cost us a huge amount of money. We're talking no. like 250 quid to buy all the paint and, and whatnot. And it's literally transformed the house. So now all of a sudden, the urge to move isn't as strong, is it? Because yeah. we're like, it's really quite lovely here now. And it's it's just, it's made such a difference to our environment. And and we always, we, all, we always talk about environment and how it's important. Yeah. And and for me, it is literally transformed ours. Can I just make another point though? Speaking of like dopamine and, and again, something to look forward to. Another thing that helps raise your kind of feel good chemicals is kind of self-development. So I mentioned kind of achieving and I said like painting was amazing, but self-development in terms of there was things I was coming across when I was decorating. I was like, oh, that looks a mess. And then I'd like come up with things to do or like go to B&Q and ask the guys, I was like, what can I do about this? And how will I get around that? And they they like give you bits and bobs to do. Mm. Ended up like using a grouting pen and tarting up the grouting in the kitchen. And these are things I've never done before. And I know they sound daft because it was just painting and, and kind of doing a bit of DIY, but I don't do that kind of stuff. And it felt empowering doing it and then stepping back and going, I did that. And you yeah. get this rush of, again, these, you know, like I felt really good. And, and, and what was really cool about that whole three or four days just being really busy doing something that was, you know, had that finish line in mind was I didn't have cravings for food. I did eat more biscuits than I probably normally would do, but because it was like, I was so physically active, I was hungry. And I get that there was something about the whole environment that made me just want a builder's brew and a biscuit. And so, and we, we'd get down, wouldn't we about four o'clock and have a builder's brew and a biscuit together. And it was, your your mum had a lot of builder's brews and biscuits, but it was nice sitting together and looking at what we'd all done together and going, (laughs) that's pretty amazing. And, And feeling like going to bed, feeling that sense of achievement. It makes me realize some days, you know, we don't have that, you know, necessarily with work and yeah. other things, but you can get it in other ways. And 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 that being one of them, there's something else I was going to mention as well. But, but what's the, that's really a good point, actually. And this brings me on something that oh, I, okay, I wanted. One final point. <laughs> one final point was on the day that we finished painting, because the other thing that had got us stuck in a rut was we kept saying we haven't got time to take time out from our work, like work time to decorate the house. So we were getting people to get quotes in. And this was getting incredibly irritating because 50% of people never got back to us. Those that did, we had a few that looked a bit dodgy and then a few that looked amazing. But the quotes were coming through at like £6,000 was one of them, wasn't it? But the best one was that the day that we finished, we got that quote through for, from a painter going, I can do it for £6,000. And I went, Matt, we've just earned six. <laughs> we just saved yeah. Yeah. £6,000. I was going to say, quite well like that. That no. would be nice. Yeah. But we just saved £6,000. Yeah. And both of us were like, that's amazing. It feels so good. It was, it was the, the, the irony of it. Like Kerry said, was literally we'd just finished and we were out walking, weren't we? Yeah, and I yeah. said like, bloody hell, you never forget, you never believe this. Like this is the quote. And I mean. But you think like between now and Christmas, what about looking at your house, your garden, all these lovely environments yeah. that we have, but even within your kitchen look at skills that you could develop could you do a bread making course a cookery course i <laughs> cooked a curry for my parents coming on saturday it was so bad that i thought do you know what before between now and christmas yeah. i might try and do a cookery course online that might help me do 
better yeah like Asian cooking India. I don't know like something I was like why don't I ever think about doing a cookery course sometimes Keris would say to me like oh will you try this like I, I think I've I think I've balls it up like it doesn't taste quite right and nine times out of ten I'll try it and I'm like I don't know what she's on about like it's really nice maybe it needs a little bit more salt or something like that but this I was like thinking ah, yeah. oh, no, she's being daft you know as usual I had a mouthful I was like Jesus <laughs> <laughs> What have you done? <laughs> my mum makes she's an amazing cook, so I was like, there's no way I can serve this. And I put a pint of chicken stock in it and a can of coconut milk. It was getting worse. I know, on it. Just like, adding, adding more calories, but it was tasting <laughs> no better. But, you know, I, I, I like you, I was brought up in a house where it's like, you know, you can't waste food. So I'm like, Keris, like, I'll eat it. <laughs> Somehow I will eat this. Do not throw this away. There's a giant bucket of it in the fridge now. Yeah. That I don't know what we're going to do with. But but I did still. It did get me thinking. Well, why don't I sign up for something like that? As again, self development, yeah. something to look forward to. Over could be doing yeah. it at home. I'm sure there's stuff online. I've not even looked, but I thought and I want to feel more confident cooking something like that for people. Yeah. And yeah, and and I think something that's really important is is like as Nike says, just do it. You know, like if there is something that you want to do and you could do, and by that I mean deep down you know you've got the time, you can afford to do it if it costs money, just throw yourself into it and go for it. Because like I just said, you know, the timing wasn't great with the painting, but Keris was determined to start. And even though I was less keen, because just be- purely because of how much I had going on, if Keris hadn't started it, it probably still wouldn't have happened yet. You know, despite me saying all oh, next week. You know, something else probably would have come up and we'd have gone, oh, next week. So, you know, like massive props to Keris for just getting amongst it and just going for it and getting the ball rolling. Because now, like, we, the novelty hasn't worn off yet, has it? We walk no, into our living room, we're like, God, it's so nice in here. Because, you and know, what, we- it, it made me realise what was irritating me the most and making me a lot more dark chocolate than I actually needed was this feeling of stagnation in every sense. So stagnation in terms of like our world, our life, our government, our restrictions, work, because the way that I'm working now, it's all gone online. And and, and, but when I do bits and bobs of work, I don't know, it's just not the same. And, And I've been going into London and the trains have got like two people in a carriage. It just feels all weird. But I think the best way I can describe it is I felt like everything's stagnating and I don't like it. So that's when I got this like real urge to transform something and it has ended up being the house. For you, it can be anything. It could be, like I said, just think of anything, whether it be your confidence, your skill set, your your family dynamics, your your internal environment, you've gone anything. Think about what can you change in a world that's gone very kind of you know, things have really kind of just plateaued and they're very constant. And and now, like you said, now we're gonna keep going with it and, and doing more and more stuff. But I think a takeaway for me, from this whole experience has been, you've got to kind of sit down sometimes. I think we were in a coffee shop doing it, weren't we? And just have a little audit of your your happiness and your mental and emotional health. And yeah. I was struggling to find happiness, I suppose, because I was like, everything in the house irritates me. I've, yeah. And because I'm a messy cook, I'd splattered so mm. much grease and crap up the walls of the kitchen. Yes. Yes. It just looked hideous. And I was so embarrassed of it. And I was like, this irritates me the heck out of me, but I'm not doing anything about it. So... It was great yeah. to do something about it. And I think if you're listening, we're just using these as random examples. Maybe your kitchen also <laughs> needs a redecoration. Love a grouting pen, by the way, new discovery. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Who knew? I Who knew a grouting pen could bring such joy? Hours. <laughs> <laughs> it's like colouring in, but like yeah. even... You could even outsource it to your kids. Like if, you know, I mean, have a look, keep an eye on their kind of like colouring in skills. And yeah, if, they're, yeah. if they're good at staying within the lines, yeah. 
But yeah, uh, you, you could outsource that job. But it's quite a good one for me because you just then wipe it over and get rid of it. But just on that note, this is how interesting grouting, using a grouting pen is. I got a bit of a headache like halfway through and I was like, oh God, is that the paint that I'm inhaling? But it was actually because I've been so busy doing all that stuff all day that I hadn't had any caffeine. Oh, wow. Because I was like so buzzy, buzzy, like just Ooh, doing stuff. Focused. Yeah. So I like it. If you need to give up caffeine, grout the get get the grout in pen and sort the <laughs> I don't know. But I just was so driven. I wasn't thinking about yeah. coffee. And coffee's but, my yeah, thing. Yeah. That I'm always like, I need my coffee. Well, you know, I mean, I was the same in that, like, you know, I love my food, but I was genuinely like going hours and hours and hours without eating because we were just so focused on getting the job done. Yeah. And even though that's probably not the best thing to do. You got you got two rollickins, didn't you? One from me, one from your mum, where we both got so hangry because we were waiting for you to finish. Yeah, which is bizarre, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah I mean, exactly. Normally it's me, like where is he? You know, and it was, and, and but again, it's just, I think it's it's sometimes it's just nice to feel so focused on something and feel like there's such a purpose to what you're doing that you're not really thinking about anything about else. Food and, and in a way, yeah. it's like you know, I'm not saying that you need to just constantly be painting the house or decorating or whatever, <laughs> yeah. but but. It just highlights to me that for a lot of us, that is lacking. That yeah, real sense say, it's of like purpose. A, a need, a need in yeah. our lives of, yeah. of other things beyond, and that's why we're over relying on the food and the alcohol and the yeah, of course, you know, the, the other stuff that's not really serving us. I think. And you know what? Like we the other, on the, the very first night that we'd kind of like put every, all the furniture and everything back in the in the living room, which I'd probably say has had the biggest transformation. And we lit some candles and some of the fairy lights and. Oh, it was just lovely, wasn't it? And it made such a difference. And you think in terms of the biggest thing this cost us was time, you know, but that's the reality for most things, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. And I think a lot of the time, like we we think the hell out of these things and, and that's what stops us doing them because we, we focus so much on the time and the effort that it would take to do it and not enough on the outcome and not enough on, you know, what it will feel like once it's done. And that's why sometimes, that's why I was saying, just, just throw yourself in there, you know, throw yourself in there to making these changes. Cause like Kerish just said, you know, you can't keep getting wound up about these things and then not doing anything about them. And let's obviously, that, let's saying. eradicate, eradicate. Yeah. You know, all the things that we can't control such as, COVID-19, you know, like we, we can't control that. We can control what we do day to day as a household and whatever. We can't control people's reactions. It, so don't bother ranting about what so-and-so is doing or this or that or yeah. reading the papers. You can't control those reactions. You but, can control your own reactions. Exactly. And just focus on all those things that that you can control. You know, what changes can you make right now? Start on the smaller ones, then build up to the bigger ones. But ultimately, you know, you need to make those changes in order for there to be a change, which sounds like a very obvious thing, but not many people do it, us one, included. One, one, I was going to say one final point I want to make is that I suppose these things that we've asked you to step back and reflect upon, and it could be your your environment, it could be your relationships, you know, different aspects, your work-life balance, different elements of your life. I suppose I didn't realise how much they were affecting me weirdly I'd go to kind of book some time out and go well I shouldn't really book time out because I should really paint the house or decorate the house but then I wouldn't do it so I mm. wouldn't go and do the social thing that I really wanted to do because I felt compelled to do the painting decorating but then we'd come home at the weekend after walking the dog and we'd be like too tired wouldn't do it and so again this is when I started to really feel this kind of stagnation because I was like this is holding me back from doing that yeah I'm not doing the thing that I know I need to get yeah. done so I think it was only just going away and having that little bit of assessment on myself I was like 
okay, this is all going to be resolved if I actually get done what I need to get done. I was even getting pangs of guilt seeing people come out of home base at the weekend when I was in Sainsbury's thinking, oh, why are you here? Like, yeah, that's it, rub it in. <laughs> I'd be like looking at candles in the in Sainsbury's and I'm like, you don't need a candle, you need to paint the frigging greasy kitchen wall yeah. <laughs> and then I'd come out and see everyone in home base and I'd feel guilty and it's like, okay, I know what I need to do but I'm just, just procrastinating. But I think just apply that to, if you're listening, any element of your life, there'll be things that you're putting yeah. off that you know you need to get done that will make, it's like a barrier that you've just got to overcome and and like we said, and then start to reflect on how can you make the next six months the best that they can possibly yeah. be with the the current you know situation being what it is. And but, but on the flip side, you know, it might not be that you need to start thinking of more things to do. You could be at the opposite end of the spectrum, yeah, where actually yeah. you need to be doing a lot less yeah, and totally. taking a bit more time out for yourself and and prioritizing you a little bit more and again but, think about accountability for that do you need to book a meditation course a yoga course sign up like invest in it to block time out and yeah. actually do it you know so I, I think think about what again what are the barriers why aren't you doing it and then work around them as quickly as you can and, and just try to rebalance yourself so that again you're not constantly having something to look forward to and I think this is something that just again this is my final point that we say. have to pass <laughs> on to the next generation because when I look at kids i see them because of things like you know next day delivery and and toys at their fingertips now they are so overstimulated and have such short attention spans because new things new toys new visual stimulus are coming at them fast and furious but they get bored so easily with stuff and we've got to kind of train teach them to kind of slow down and think about the things that we've you know Doing some, taking your time and doing things that are, you know involve nurturing, like gardening and, and nature, yeah. and these really kind of slow things where we, we we kind of gone all over the place today. But we talked about this instant gratification that our generation and the next generation is always after. We've got to go back to what the generations before us did, which was invest a lot of time in something and watch it grow yeah. and develop, and then feel proud of what they've achieved as, as you know, kind of making a difference with that. Oh, it's so hard, though, isn't it? Because times are so different. I know, you know. Are. And the, uh, we, yeah, we need to wind our brains back, essentially, don't we? But we're going to wrap it up there. Otherwise, our podcast editing ninja will be annoyed at us for going over an hour. Just, <laughs> just Guys, thank you so much for listening. Um, I hope our uh, decorating tales <laughs> had some relevance in there somewhere. It'd be different for everybody, right? In terms of what needs to be done and, and, and whatnot and what things can have a massive positive impact on you. But hope you've enjoyed Big, big love to you all, and we'll see you in the next episode. Ta-ra. See ya. Bye-bye.